0: Thank you for joining us. Here at VLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now, here is Pastor Gary Tony. Well, let me, let me start this morning with a really quick story uh, that I read about this uh, this young lady. And she was going through a very difficult season in her life. And uh, seems the things that, uh, that she was facing, it just seemed like it was getting any better. She went to her pastor about it. And this is what he told her to do. He said, I want you to take an empty picture frame. And I want you to set it out where you can see it all the time. And every time you you look at it, see yourself through what God's word says you are. He said, even begin to speak over your own life and declare what the Lord says about you. And, And ultimately, the picture frame, it just simply reminded her that you know she needs to be intentional about your faith how many of you you find yourself sometimes just putting your life on cruise control you get used to stuff things are going good well this talk is about I don't know if you're ready for this or not this talk is about self-evaluation the title of it is what's in your picture frame yeah so let's pray and get into this father we love you Man, you are so awesome to us. We honor you with our lives today. Speak to our hearts this morning. Stretch our faith. Give us courage to not just be hearers but doers in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. You see, he told her every time that she looks at the frame, thank God. No matter what you're going through right now, thank God that he's directing your steps. Couple of you, okay. Let me tell you something I, I, from my own experience, but as a pastor, even more so, we have a tendency into in, in, instead of thanking God that He's got us in the difficult situation, we're griping to God. God, what's going on? Why haven't you taken care of this yet? I got the wrong group. Okay, okay, yeah. Learn to be thankful. Create this. Maybe I should say it like this, cultivate a thankful mindset in your journey of faith. Begin to think about that. what's in your picture frame. Begin to think about the blessing of the Lord being on your life, that his favor surrounds you, that he is going before you, that he has already made you the righteousness of God in Christ. See, maybe, and here's the thing, something that I've learned over the years is this. Maybe you're listening this morning and you have found yourself in a place where you're thinking, you know what? Things are actually going pretty good for me right now. I'm in a good season in life. I'm enjoying the blessings of God on my life. Yeah? Can anybody relate to that? Listen, we live in the most blessed nation on the planet. I know there's some jacked up stuff going on right now, but God's, God's still going to take care of us, Okay? And as we grow in this, and when you, you think back to Joseph we talked about in, in a previous series. When Joseph was going through all of his difficulties, not one time did he blame God. Not one time did he get distracted. He continually, in every difficult situation that he landed in, he continually trusted God. You, you think back about that story when, he, when his brothers sold him as a slave. I know that really doesn't register with us today, Cody, that one of your brothers sold you as a slave. How's that work? They get a good deal? Huh? And he lands in Potiphar's house. Potiphar is a very successful political figure in Egypt at that time, and he takes Potiphar's whole organization to a whole other level. And then one day, Potiphar's wife wants to cheat on Potiphar and have an affair with Joseph, and Joseph makes this statement. He says, how, he didn't say, how could I sin against your husband, my boss? He said, how could I sin against God? He said, it, you know, I can't, I can't cheat with you against God. In all of that, his focus stayed the same. I think for us sometimes we can we can learn something from Joseph's playbook about not shifting all the time when everything doesn't go right. Guys in, in on this side of heaven everything's not going to go right. And one of the one of the things that the Old Testament continually teaches us is this. When you follow the children of Israel, you see how often God's people they began to drift Simply because they got comfortable where they were. If you remember when he brought them into the promised land, he made this statement. He says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take my word and I want you to talk about it when you get up. I want you to write it on your doorpost. I want you to write it on the gate. So when you come in and when you go out, when you sit down, when you get up, when you go to bed, you talk about. And why did he say that? So that you don't forget who got you here. But man, we are so quick to forget in today's culture with social media, they make sure that you forget. The thing that happened, I'm, I'm talking about something that happened two days ago. Well, it's already old news. What's new? And and we're addicted to this thing. We'll scroll for an hour. What if you scrolled the word for an hour instead of social? I'm, I mean, that, that's probably just too much to think something radical like that, right? <clears throat> See, something that God is helping me with as I grow in my relationship with him is that in these new lives that we have, these lives of faith, there really isn't. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. There really isn't what we might call today neutral. Now, I know that many of us, we, we do, we like, to, we like to put it in neutral. We, we love, I, I can remember years ago when I used to run, Used to, Trevor. I would love the downhill parts. (laughs) And as I got older, what I used to do is I would run the flat and the downhill stuff, and then the uphill. What are you shaking your head for, Ricky? You did the same thing. The uphill stuff we would walk. Yeah, guys. In in your journey of faith, there is no neutral. It's kind of like riding a bike. Now, going downhill, you can coast, but if you're on flat ground or going up and you're not allowed to take your feet off the pedals, if you're not moving forward at some point, yeah. There is no neutral with God. I know we like neutral sometimes. Lord, just let me chill for a minute. Just let me coast through the... No coasting. Now, don't think legalistic. Don't think religious obligation. That's not what he's talking about. It's a new way of living. It's like taking a fish... Out of water. It will it you know. You've got. He's got to be in the water. Well, you've got to be in the things of God to function as a person of God. You can't continue living the way of the world. Now, now, I will say this: You can't have enough of a, of a revelation of who Jesus is to make it to heaven. But to walk in these blessings, to walk in the benefits and the promises of God, to actually be a disciple of Jesus, you, you can't be a neutral. You've got to actually follow him. You've got to let him disciple you. And, and whether you're in a challenging situation in your life or you're enjoying a season where things are going well, it's important for us to remember that he's the one that that, that brings us to where we're at in our journey. And when you're in a in a tough situation, he's the one that's going to bring you through it. I know sometimes you're thinking, man, God, when is this going to quit? Yeah. I can tell you for in my own life, When I found myself in difficult situations, you know, when it quit, when when I, Billy, when I put my mind on something else, the problem didn't go away. I went away. I stepped over into my new life, and I began to trust God in the middle of it. And and at, at that point, He began to help me. You see, for the, you know, maybe I should say it like this. We're talking about what's in your picture frame. Let me say it this way: What's your focus? Let's take it a step further. What occupies your thought life? How about this? What gets your meditation? See, Joshua, the the Joshua 1 8 principle, it is a real spiritual principle that will work in your life. If you meditate the Word of God, see, meditation is not some New Age or some old Eastern philosophy of some weird stuff that you're chanting out in. No. Spiritual, biblical, God-inspired meditation is putting a park on a place in the scripture and meditate it. Think about it. Talk about it. Think about it. Talk about it. Think about it. Talk about it. Yeah? Get something inside you to the degree that it's not just some idea that's in the back of your mind, but it's in the front of your thinking. I am who God says I am. See, for the born again, the word of God, the... The kingdom of God, it has to be this source of not just information for us, but it has to be a source of revelation at some point that will direct our steps, that will, if you will, shape our life. Are you ready for this? Shape our vision. You do understand that the book of Proverbs makes it very clear, Proverbs chapter 20. In the New King James, it says it like this, where there is no revelation, now, I understand the traditional writing, the King James says vision, but that word there is really a revelation from the Lord. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Have you noticed any of that being, you know, that's, that's going on in the world today? People just cast off restraint. I mean, they're doing some crazy stuff. The New Living says it like this. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. Yeah. The message is really cool how it words it and what I would suggest that you do, see this is how see the message says it like this. If people can't see what God's doing, they stumble all over themselves. Yeah. So this is kind of I take for example, this is how I meditate a scripture. Proverbs twenty nine, eighteen. I've got all these these different translations, these paraphrases. And I know some of you are anti modern language, anti new living or message. Okay, well, then stay where you're at. I'm trying to help you. Well, Reverend, you know Jesus carried King James. (laughs) Don't laugh. I have conversations with people that that their mind is like, oh, it's not King James? Well, it's not the real Bible. Y'all don't understand King James was a heathen. I don't know if you know that or not. What I do is I take a passage like this and I break it down and then I begin to meditate it where there is no revelation, where there is no vision, where there is no divine guidance when I can't see what God's doing and I think about that and I think about what's God doing? Well, how can you see what God's doing? Go to the book. You can, on, on any given page, you can watch God do stuff. I'm reading right now about Gideon. Gideon is an incredible story because the angel of the Lord came to Gideon and said, Gideon, you are a mighty warrior. He said, what? He said, me? And then he began to criticize himself. He said, Lord, I'm from this little podunk town. And we are, my my clan, we're the smallest one. We're we're nobody's in the community. God said, you're a perfect one. I done picked picked you. I've already picked you. I've already picked you. And then he gives him this assignment and then Gideon has these 20,000 people that's going to go fight with him. God says, that's too many because if all of you do it, you're going to take the credit for it. He says, get rid of all of them that are scared. And I forget how many uh, thousands of them left. Thank you, Jack. 10,000 left. And then he told them another weird thing about how they drink water. And then he was left with 300 people. 300. And he went all over the the land conquering with 300 people because God was with him. See, God will do things with an individual that will simply say yes to him. So often we're on the fence, though. Lord, is that you? Is that what we do? God, is that really you? Learn to be led. The only, the only way you learn to be led is from divine revelation, from hearing from God, from vision. Proverbs 29 sums it up perfectly. And what Joshua 1.8 wants you to understand is when you meditate in that, it becomes a rea- reality in your life to the, to the degree that you actually do it. The thing I want you to notice about Proverbs 29 is this. It doesn't say where there is no money, where there is no opportunity, where there is no talent. It says where there is no vision. So you can have all the money you want with no vision, watch professional sports. They got all the money in the world and they, and see, I can promise you this, when you begin to put this godly, guys, you are born again. Now, born again doesn't mean cake and ice cream all the time. But born again means that God will advance you through the thick and thin of it, through the good, the bad, the ups, the downs, the trials, the tribulations and the victories. You know, over the years, something I've learned is this. People really press in when they're in a trial. But when you're on the when you're on the other side of a victory, neutral. No neutral guys. I want you to keep this in front of you. You know, The things of God is what will shape your life. I can promise you when you seek the kingdom of God first, when you seek his way of doing, not out of some legalistic religious thing, because ultimately there will always be things that you will see in the word that you won't be able to do. Y'all okay? Because I'm going to help you with that a little bit because you're real quiet up in here today. But you know, like love your enemy stuff. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, not, a, not even. A, come on, come on, somebody. Nothing. You know, when you, when you love your enemy, when you have to forgive people, yeah. When you have to extend grace and mercy, when you, when you would much rather extend a right uppercut. Oh, is that just me? <laughs> See, when you begin to put the things of the kingdom of God first, because that's who you are. It's not what you do. It's who you are. You are this new person in Christ, rooted and grounded in love. You are an ex, you know, really an expression of Jesus on your job, in your neighborhood, with your family. And so when you put the things of God first, it will help us from drifting into wrong thinking. Because wrong thinking always introduces wrong believing. See, when you think on the wrong thing long enough... Now, I've done pretty good so far, but Deb Deb's in town this week, and she's uh, staying with us, and we, we were talking about this new dish that I made. And we, I thought for sure she was going to be little to the Lord and bring it home, but no. <laughs> but you take ice cream. now Now, and you take these kettle chips. They're really hard and crunchy and salty. And then you take some butter and some cinnamon and some honey. And you, you, you get all that in the skillet really hot and then you throw those chips in it and you saute them in that sauce. And then you take them out while they're nice and hot and crunchy and you put some ice cream on top of it. It tastes just like, I don't know, how many of y'all remember fried ice cream back in the day? That's what it tastes like. Oh yeah, it's the real deal. You'll have to try that one, ain't it? But I, so far, I've been successful in not giving in to those thoughts. Because you know I live five minutes from the grocery store. Yeah. See, when your thinking goes the wrong way, at some point it begins to influence the way you believe, which influences the way you act. Don't kid yourself. You hear me say this all the time. We all live within within the boundaries of our beliefs that we've established over the years. Yeah? And so as you go through this... Um, Th- this talk over the next couple of weeks and you begin to self-evaluate what's in your picture frame. When you look through the word and you begin to practice this meditation principle, I have come up with some homework for you. I got a couple of come on. The rest are like, hmm, Homework. Pastor, don't you know I'm already doing a Bible study? <laughs> yes. Yes. But this isn't, a, this isn't a study. This is a simple tool for meditation for you. See, you can, you can be meditating a scripture on your way to work. You can't do a Bible study on your way to work. But you can get, get one of these passages out of your homework, and you can think about it. You know what I would suggest you do? Write it down on a Post-it note. Amanda is the queen of post She got Post-it notes of all colors. You go into her, at her desk sometimes, and there's like a 100 of them. It's her decorating scheme. Post-it note. Who's your designer? Post-it. Yeah. Write it down. Put it on your dashboard, on your mirror, somewhere so that you can think about it, talk about it, think about it, talk about it. Your homework is Psalm 34. Now, King David wrote this, and it is one of my favorite psalms in the Old Testament. I I love to meditate this, and I've been spending—I've been in it for the last month now. And this is what has kind of inspired this talk because Psalm 34 challenges you to look at yourself. It, it encourages you to, to, to uh, worship God and think about God. Because when you know, for us that are born again, we have to develop the habit of thinking about the things of God. They don't just come automatically. You all do know that, right? You have to be on purpose about your new life. But what happens is as you begin to be a little bit more intentional about your new life, it brings, the things of God bring clarity to you. That's how Joseph could stay the course in all the difficulties and challenges. That's how Gideon could rise up and, I mean, after all the stuff he went through with the, with the fleeces and the arguments and the debates, he said, okay, God. See, sometimes that's all God's looking for. Because how many of y'all know, you, could, you can take a child and there are certain things that a child will ask you, even though you know the answer, you can't explain it to a child. They'd be like, what? There are three. Are you with me? That's how God is with us sometimes. He said, I could tell you. Remember Jesus? He said, there's many things I would like to tell you, but you're not ready. Listen, I know in our mind we think we're ready. A lot of times we're not ready. But when, when we start to be on purpose about our thought life and we begin to self-evaluate now once again when I talk about seeing what's in your frame self-evaluating your own life not out of some legalistic thing you don't don't let the enemy mess with you with that God will begin to bring clarity to you when you're humble you know that Moses was the most used person in his generation but you know what the Bible says about him? He was also the, mo- the, the meekest, the most humble person of his time. I wonder if the, the two go together. When you look into the New Testament, the two times that Jesus uses the phrase great faith, both of them are associated with humility. Humble people. You understand God, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Sometimes you just need to get over yourself for a minute. Now, when you begin to start this principle, this practice, maybe I should say, like I said earlier about neutral, don't start your day, now, the Lord's been dealing with me about this, and so I know that some of you have this issue, don't start your day in neutral. Come on, you all, don't. Don't, don't wait to see what kind of day it's going to be. Huh? You decide, get up, Psalm 34 will help you decide, get up and start your day with the Lord, first thing in the morning, but now I know you like to do different things, check your, you know, check your Facebook stuff, check social media, different things, and then you'll get into your routine, I get it, but as your day begins to unfold, before you really do anything significant, make your mind up. Go ahead and put your mind in the right direction. Be on purpose about it. What, 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 are, what is your focus? Choose today to decide this is going to be a great day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice. Well, I'm, well, if somebody takes me out to lunch today, I'll rejoice. <laughs> huh? If everything goes great today, you know, or, or, or maybe you're this one. When she or he gets up, we'll see what kind of day we're going to have. Or when the kids get up, huh? Yeah. Proverbs 23 says, as a man thinks, so is he. So this this whole reality comes back to your thinking. As a matter of fact, did you know that in the book of Acts, chapter 26, the apostle Paul, he is standing in front of King Agrippa. Now, the The apostle Paul is in front of the the king, and the king is questioning him about different things, and Paul says, oh, king, I, listen very carefully, I think myself happy. He's not waiting. Now, y'all understand where Paul's at, right? He's at the Hilton Garden Inn on the beach. Now, where is he? My man's in prison, and they brought him out of his prison cell to stand in front of the king, who could just as easily have said, "Oh, Paul, I think this day to have you executed." I know you think our government's jacked up, but all you gotta do is study some history. I mean, the king could just say that, and my man's done. And Paul says, "Oh, King, I think this this is going this is going to help some of you today. I think myself happy. Yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through. You mean like Paul?" I mean, most of us, we're going to go home, uh, you know, we got refrigerator, we got food. You're going to drive home in a car, you don't have to get your donkey and, you know, <laughs> untie it. and <laughs> Come on, huh? See, when it comes to keeping the right mindset, sometimes you need to learn how to, to use your faith to rely on Jesus and trust him. I mean, as a matter of fact, when I think back, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are heavy laden or burdened down. And I will give you rest because my yoke is what? Go go ahead and say it easy. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. See, when you follow Jesus, even in the middle of uncomfortable stuff you're in, it's going to be light and easy if you actually trust Him. Lord, I know it's it's really difficult right now. I'm so uncomfortable, but I trust you. Light and easy. How do you think guys like Peter, who's in jail, scheduled to be executed the next morning, is so asleep that an angel has to wake him up? Ain't no way I'd be sleeping. I'm like, man, how can I get, can I get those hinges off that door? How can I get out? How can I jailbreak, huh? I'm not not asleep, but my man's out because he trusts in the Lord with all of his heart. He's not leaning on his understanding. He's not trying to figure a way out of the situation. Sometimes the situation you're in, God doesn't want you out. Even though he didn't put it on you, he's going to use it to do two things. Number one, smite the enemy, but bring victory to somebody. Jesus makes this statement. This is something that we definitely rebel on all the time, John. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. And a hush came over there. Don't let who's the, who's the we we're the ones that's supposed to not let it happen. He didn't say ask God to take it away, Lord take Lord take these cigarettes away from me. <laughs> no, <laughs> I touched the nerve there. My bad. <laughs> he said D- you. Who's the understood subject here? We are. Don't now, guys. This is Jesus talking. This statement is no different than he said, don't lie, don't steal, love your neighbor. Jesus said this. Would you consider the words of Jesus commands from the Lord? Yes. So why do we rebel on this? Because we, we, have, we, we are these habitual worriers. I mean, we're professional at worrying. I mean, some of you all, you can, you can function throughout your day. You, you can have one of the most stressful jobs on the planet, and you can worry your way all the way through it. And on top of it, we lie. You okay? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) What's the matter? Nothing. Huh? I mean, (laughs) we do that stuff, don't we? Yeah. See, when it comes to keeping this right mindset, sometimes letting him give you the strength, don't let your heart be troubled. Yeah. You, You remember a few weeks ago we were talking about Joseph? He didn't try to figure the bad stuff out. He just rolled with it. He just simply chose to trust God and believe that God's got him. And here's a really simple rule that will, that will help some of us. When everything isn't going right, when, when it all doesn't fit perfectly in our preconceived theology, because you understand as you begin to grow in your journey of faith, we're at different places in our beliefs and in our revelation. I can remember early on, I had just gotten saved and boy, I was, I was learning stuff and I was critical of other people. I could see the junk in their life, but nothing, it, I couldn't see what was in my picture. I was too busy looking, oh, well, you got to get the sin out. You got to quit doing that. You got to quit talking that way. Oh, you did that. Oh, you went there. Oh, yeah. No, none of, none of y'all ever done that. Maybe you're quiet because you still do it. Yeah. So when everything doesn't fit our preconceived theology, when everything isn't going perfect and we don't get our way and we see everybody else's flaws but ours, one of the things that has always helped me over the, the years is this. It is a very simple revelation, but it will help some of you today. God is good. Yeah, God is good. Jesus said, why do you call me good? There's only one good, and that's the, that was Jesus said that. God is good. James actually reminds us that everything good and perfect comes down from the Father who never changes. God is good. Now, I know we live in a, in a broke world that is cursed and dying. I get that. But we are overcomers of this world. You know, this thing, this thing very soon is going to be done. And we'll turn the page on this, and, and, you know, we'll look back a thousand years from now, and we're like, man, y'all, y'all, y'all remember when, you know, Georgetown? You're like, why'd you bring that up? Listen, look, we, we've, we've enjoyed some good things with God. I know Tracy and I have. We love God. God is good. And the thing that has helped me when everything around me isn't so good, God is good. And so I, on purpose, get my thinking right. Listen, to, this is out of your homework, Psalm 34. This is, this is one of the passages. It says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. That he's what? So how do you find out? How do you find out if fried chicken in a 25-year-old iron skillet is good? You got to taste it, man. And I can tell you right now, you can smell it. Mm, man, if we had smell a vision on television... There's some things, I mean, you ever been out and you drive and you smell barbecue? Like, like, whew, I know, right? You want to, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't do you the same just smelling it, does it? You want to taste it. See, sometimes what you need to do is take a little time and taste the things of God. The Lord is good. Blessed, blessed is the man who trusts him. This word blessed, actually, if you study, do a little study on this word, it means empowered to succeed. That's what blessing means. That's what God told Abraham. He said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to distinguish you. I'm going to make your name great so that you will be a blessing everywhere you go. See, some of you that are enjoying the blessings of life, you need to put it out of neutral and put it back in drive and be thinking about how you can be a blessing to somebody. I love that story where Jack was standing in the grocery line a couple weeks ago and the lady was struggling with something. I don't remember the story. We couldn't find her wallet or something. Jack said, I got it. Just bought her groceries. Well, I don't know. You know, the economy's tough. God is your source. If he says bless, then bless. But, but most of us, when it, we, yeah, we're in neutral, though. My name's Jimmy. What you going to give me? We want, we want, we won't. We come to get, come to give. Even with church, we come to, Preacher, you gonna bring it today? I don't know, you gonna come get it today? Huh? See, we should be on the lookout, not only for God's goodness in our life, but we should be on the lookout to be used in God's goodness. Our attitude ought to be, I can't wait to see what God's gonna do today. Here's the thing. And when goodness happens, be thankful. I heard this story the other day. There was this guy. It's a it, was a it was a married couple. But the guy, he didn't really like church that much. The wife, she's every Sunday, man. She She's there and she's going and every now and then he'll pop in, you know, every now and then to visit. Maybe on Easter and Christmas, a couple of things. But he didn't really care about it. And she'd come home and she'd want to preach the pastor's sermons to him. Yeah. And one day the pastor was talking about, you know, how God is good all the time and God wants to be involved in every aspect of your life. Even the little things in life God wants to be involved in. The pastor said, you know, God will help you find a parking space at the mall. And she was telling him about things. like, oh, you crazy woman. (laughs) But then on Christmas Eve, I think that's the only time a lot of guys ever go to the mall. (laughs) But it was Christmas Eve and he's shopping and it's crazy. If you've ever been to the mall at Christmas Eve, you can't... He's, he's going up and down trying to find a parking space. And finally, he, he remembered the wife telling this story about, well, God will help you find a parking spot. He says, Lord, if you'll help me find a parking spot, I promise I'll go to church with my wife on Sunday. And as he's saying that, right in front of him, a car's backing out. Wait, wait, wait. Gets a, and he says, oh, never mind, God, I found one. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's how we are sometimes, isn't it? No, I got. never mind, God, I got it. Thank you. Uh, I got this. Yeah. See, God, he does want to be involved in your everyday affairs of life. But you've got to be thankful. He's looking for that humble, thankful heart. But the problem with too many of us is this. Instead of remembering the victories, so often we find ourselves just rehearsing when it didn't go right. The loss, the failure, the defeat, the disappointment. Guys, sometimes you need to let things go. You actually need to give it to God and let him have it. We're not good at that, though, are we? And the enemy, he always loves to help you. Oh, you remember, you were praying, you've been praying for two years, and nothing, you remember? And he'll remind you of that stuff. Our attitude ought to be, God, I trust you. See, that that was the thing I love about Joseph. When his brothers sold him, when Potiphar put him in prison, you think about this, man. Joseph is in prison, and you remember the story, the baker and the butler get put in jail, and then all of a sudden they had these crazy dreams, and they come in one day, and Joseph looks at these dudes in prison and says, hey, guys, why are y'all so sad? I'm, I don't know, Joseph, we in prison? See, none of that stuff bothered him. He knew God was going to bring him through every situation. See, that's the thing. Sometimes when it doesn't work out, you know, when you don't see the desired result right away, I think sometimes Joseph, his mindset might have been, God, I know that you're going to make all things work for good for me. I know it stinks right now. I know it's it's uncomfortable right now. I know there's hurt right now and disappointment right now. See, that's the thing, we have to get to the place where we're trusting in that. I believe that you still have good in store for me, Lord. I believe that you're ordering my steps right now. I believe that my future is bright because of where you're taking me. Even though I'm going through a storm right now, I'm letting go of the past. I'm not, guys, we are professionals at rehearsing what somebody did to us. And of course, you know, in today's culture with social media, there, you got plenty of people helping you. And, you, and then you're just about to get over it. And somebody says, oh, you doing okay. And then they say dumb stuff like, now, don't give me all that faith stuff. I mean, I want to know how you really feel. Like feelings has anything to do with it. huh? Sometimes you've got to be able to let that stuff go. Listen to Paul's words. Now, once again, remember, Paul's writing this letter in the book of Philippians, and my man is in jail, all right? And I'm not talking about today's jail. It's old school. No running water. No cable. Paul says this. And this is in chapter 3. Not that I have already attained or, perf- or am perfected, but I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ laid hold of me. Now, th- this is worthy of some time in your thought life right here. Paul says that I'm pressing on that I may. He says, I haven't got there yet. Now, Paul's already accomplished a lot for the Lord, but he says, I haven't got there yet. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ. What's has mean? Huh? He has. I got to lay. I want to lay hold of the stuff that Christ has already. Why he picked me. Just like remember Gideon. God picked him. God picked you. You may not know what that looks like yet. So Paul says this, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing, one thing, one thing I do. I'm forgetting those things which are behind. And I am reaching forward. Remember, no neutral for what's ahead of me. See, I don't, I don't know if you've ever thought about it like this or not, but there's a reason that a car has this massive windshield and this little bitty rearview mirror. Huh? So often, though, we're trying to direct our life in that little rearview mirror. You gotta let that stuff go, man. You actually have to, by faith, give it to God. We can't continue to move forward in our new life if we're constantly looking back. Always allowing our past to have some kind of voice to to have really, I should say it like this: allowing our past to have the biggest space in your thought life. Don't don't let your past have any space in your thought life. It's done. It's done. I mean, that's the thing with me in my journey. You all know I always talk about my battle with food. You know, tra- <laughs> Tracy made this new dish. What's it called? Overnight oats. <laughs> she said it is it's full of fruit and flaxseed and protein and Billy <laughs> yeah it, it was flat out na- I mean I don't <laughs> nasty <laughs> and, but she said oh it's good <laughs> she talked to so when she was getting ready I got one <laughs> and I got this I got these strawberry preserves that I really like. They're good. And I took a big old spoon of that strawberry preserve and stirred it up in it. Yeah. Oh, it's good. We try to talk ourselves into stuff sometimes, don't we? Yeah. I try to forget that. I try to leave that in the past. (laughs) Babe, you don't have to make that anymore. (laughs) So, when she does make them, I'll, I'll suffer through it. I'll eat one once I doctor it up. You know, because that's like, whew. Yeah. Oh, she says, oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> Her taste buds are ruined. <laughs> yeah. See, that's why when she tells me something's good, I'm like, okay, honey. Because <laughs> if she says, that's good, and then I cook something, she says, oh, it's good. I'm like, okay right sometimes we got to learn to let that stuff go guys let me say this stop allowing the doubters to have a voice in your life trust god to lead you through those difficult seasons when people are saying oh what are you going to do huh stop dwelling on all that stop dwelling on Let me say it like this. Why something didn't go right? None of you do that, huh? Yeah. Stop holding on to the negative stuff. Now, here's the big one. I hammer this all the time. Stop rehearsing that experience over and over and over. I can tell you something that I do because the enemy loves to harass the idle mind. And, the, and, and his point of attack is when you pillow your head at night. And, and usually I'm, I'm pretty good about going to bed, following, but, but when you get up to get something to drink or something like 2.30 in the morning, then all of a sudden it's like, boom, your eyes are wide open and you got a thousand thoughts running. I don't play with that anymore. I have my smartphone and my earbud right there and I put me a sermon in right away. I don't mess around with that. I, and and, I'm, and I put that sermon in and, and hit play, and and next thing I know, it's time to get up. Listen, the word of God is powerful, and when you have anointed messages, it will it will soothe your soul. The Bible actually tells us in the in the Psalms that God will speak to your spirit in the night season. You'll wake up like, where'd that come from? Come from the Lord, man. Don't, you know, but sometimes it's difficult for us if you don't if if you're fighting some of that practice that yielding to the things of God man I'm telling you it remember what Jesus said my yoke is easy my burden is light and when you yield to the things of God I'm telling you what it it will it will keep you dialed in so that you're not so open to disappointment because when you start entertaining the other side of it that's what'll come in resentment bitterness what about this self-pity <laughs> wow! bunch of you, you know, you know about that, right? What about pride? Some of us, we love carrying our badge of difficulty around. Woe is me! Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. Huh? Sometimes you've got to to tap into the things of God inside you. You know what? Sometimes you need to get around some friends that will help you stir that up so that you can shake off all that disappointment and self-pity. Quit thinking that God let you down. Stop entertaining the thoughts that he didn't answer your prayer. What if it's in motion right now, and because of our negativity and unbelief, we're just putting a stop to it in the world of the Spirit? Remember when Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration? And his disciples were there and they couldn't heal the boy that was epileptic? They said, Lord, why couldn't we do it? He said, well, you skipped your Bible study last week. What did he he tell them? What what was it? Unbelief. Unbelief. Now, those dudes, they walked and talked. They saw Jesus face to face. They slept with him. They, listen... They, they played games with him. They had fun with Jesus. Jesus wasn't this serious, stick-in-the-mud, nobody-want-to-be-around guy. I guarantee you, he was a big jokester. Oh, no, Jesus was serious. He was 100% serious. Seriously fun to be around. Yeah. See, this is the thing. He told them, guys, it's because you, you don't actually believe it. That's what stopped you from doing this. So actually believe when you, when you do things like this. Cast your care on the Lord. Actually believe he's got it. Leave it there. For some of you this morning, maybe some of you listening or watching, you got to get rid of the chip on your shoulder, man. Carrying that grudge around. Remember what Jesus said? Don't let your heart be troubled. You see, sometimes it says, and you've heard me say this many times, but what I, in my own life, I, I have to do this, and I think it will help some of you all. What you need to practice is this. When you're reading through the promises and the things of God that, that you're beginning to get revelation, stop putting a question mark where God put a period. Lord, I see what you said there, but why, when, how long? Yeah. Guys, what's in your picture frame? What's it look like? What? maybe we can say it like this what's first in your life you see when we want to continually neglect putting him first because of other things and I know in today's world we have all kinds of things that we soothe our conscience with by saying well it's okay my kids are first <clears throat> not according to Jesus he's first and when he's first your kids will be first when he's first they'll, they'll, they'll get the priorities they'll get the they'll, they'll get the benefits But when we're continually putting other stuff, it opens up our soul to the things of the world. It's anymore, you you can't even watch sports anymore with all the woke junk that they try to cram down your throat. The biggest downfall to our society has been the television. It is Satan's number one tool, and we don't even have a clue about it. Well, they always it's just—it's just entertainment. It was never intended for that. That was never the plan. Never. I Must have hit a nerve with television. Oh, I, I love my television. <laughs> yeah. I got—I've gotten to where I have to DVR everything that way I can skip all the commercials. I don't fool do all that dumb stuff. Yeah. See, if we continually neglect to put Him first, and we begin to let the things of the world influence our mind things like frustration ever find yourself easily frustrated burnout lack of enthusiasm judgment of everybody but yourself here's a big one no joy no joy you want to know how I know and am 100% convinced that Jesus was a fun guy full of joy because the Holy Spirit the Bible lets us know that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is joy Psalm, uh, Psalm 1611 says this, David is talking to the Lord and he says that you will show me, listen to listen at the confidence and trust that he has in God. God, you will show me the path of life and in your presence is a deep theological understanding of who you are. In his presence is what? Fullness of joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. See, when you're in the presence of the Lord, you ought to be fullest according to Psalm 16. You ought to be fullest of joy when you come out. Let me go spend some time with the Lord. When you come back out and your face is all sad and distraught and downtrodden, and oh, man, I'm spending some time with the Lord. According to Psalm 16, you need to go back. God, you will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. Watch this. It gets even better. And at your right hand are pleasures. Say pleasures. Forever. See, that was the thing that Joseph understood. None of the stuff he was going through, it didn't get him sideways because he knew God got him. And every time God promoted him, every time God promoted him, until one day God promoted him to the height of his, he couldn't go any higher. He put him in charge of a nation, like, hi, hi, here you go, Joseph. I know you went through the school of hard knocks, but bam, yeah. When you look at Peter's life, actually, Peter, when he was preaching his first sermon in Acts chapter two, he quoted Psalm 16. He said, "Lord, in Your presence is fullness of joy, and at Your right hand are our ple- pleasures forevermore." You see, this is the thing. Just like when you look at Peter, now remember, just a few months earlier. Peter standing outside the fire denying the Lord. But now he's got the power of the Holy Spirit inside his life. And there's this boldness about him. There's this courage. There's this peace. There's this joy that's inside him in his presence, fullness of joy. See, I personally believe, I'm going to have to get you out of here. Maybe we can pick back up on joy next week. Y'all okay if we talk a little bit about joy? i don't know reverend <laughs> i don't know i think maybe we should talk about the joy a little bit i mean like <laughs> yeah because one of the things i've learned is this i think that joy uh, uh, your joy level if you will let me see. i believe your joy level is a clear indicator of your faith level because if you're in faith see faith is convinced what god said is true well if you know god's got you then you're okay If you know that the promise of God is for sure in your life, you're okay. No? I know we allow allow the circumstances. This is why Jesus, Moses, and the Apostle Paul, they all three said that the just shall live by faith. You got to live your life this way. The Apostle Paul says that we walk by faith, not by sight. You don't let the things that you're going through govern your life. You practice the things of God. You put some trust in Him. And when you get to the place where you're trusting, then you're going to have some joy. You're going to have the joy of the Lord. I wonder if that's what he meant when he said the joy of the Lord is my strength. If you go back and look at that story, that story actually comes out of the book of Daniel where Daniel is addressing the people of God because they had got over into some unbelief and complaining and being negative about the things of God and actually talking down about the things of God he says hey guys stop this God's here God's got us the joy of the Lord it is our strength I am strong in the Lord and in his power I am what's in your picture friend find things that God says about you and put them there and see them there and speak it and see it and talk about it, meditate it get in your homework this week I'm telling you Psalm 34 is going to come alive in your soul this week and it will change, it is a game changer for the believer when you begin to put this into practice but like I always tell you you can't just hear it, you gotta do it, amen now these promises that I'm talking about these truths out of the word of God they're only available, listen to me very carefully for the people that belong to God see this is the thing about Christianity, Christianity is not a religion it's not a denomination it's not a philosophy that man made up Christianity is a new life that Jesus died that you could have and the only way to get access to that is, according to the Bible is through Romans it says if you believe that Jesus came here and died and rose from the grave and you confess that then you are born again that's the only way in Jesus is the only way. Peter makes it very clear in the book of Acts. There is no other name under heaven which man can be saved except Jesus. So if you're in the room today or you're listening and watching this morning, stop what you're doing. Take a step of faith today. You may be thinking, I don't know enough about it. Don't let people fool you. None of us know enough about it. This is all a journey. We're trusting and believing. Start with this one decision. Give Jesus a chance in your life. So if you're in the room and you've never said the prayer, we're going to say it together as a family. Say it with us. Believe it and accept it and watch what happens in your life. Jesus will move in and one decision at a time, one day at a, di- one day at a time, he'll begin to shape your life. But it starts with this first act of faith. You got to give your life to Jesus. Let's all say it together. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're in the room and you said the prayer, stop by our information desk. We just want to give you a little gift kind of help you. Those of you listening and watching, you got to tell somebody, man. Let let people know that you have a new life in Christ. Now, here's the deal. For you all today, as you begin to leave here, you got a couple of things. Don't forget your homework is what? Psalm 34, you're going to begin to self-evaluate and take a look what's in your Picture frame. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Have an awesome week. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.